What's going on, guys? Welcome here to a new podcast episode. On this podcast, I have Darren Chandler. So some of you know him already because he was already guest here on my podcast. And Darren was texting me recently. He was telling me like, hey, Chris, you know what? There's a certain topic. We should definitely talk about it because of Corona. Many people were forced to be more isolated. But first of all, welcome, Darren. How are you? How's it going? Hi, Chris. Thank you very much uh, for having me. It's going well. Very relaxed uh, Sunday afternoon. So why not sit back and uh, listen to a great podcast? Yes, awesome. So tell us, like, what is the exact topic? What was the topic you wanted to talk about today with me? So uh, today I wanted to to share some of my story and background into the topic of uh, how spending time alone can enrich your dating, social life, and relationships. Awesome. Yeah, that's really interesting because normally on my podcast or on my different social media channels, right, I talk a lot about you should definitely have like the right people around you. You should absolutely that like really when you have the right people around you that this will increase your happiness in life so now you're telling like hey being alone can also enrich your life so please explain further well i will we'll do uh, just as a disclaimer first before i carry on is that uh, with any type of self-help or personal de uh, personal development it's uh, really important that you still think for yourself. I mean, whether you're reading a book or if you have a coach or you're listening to a video um, on YouTube, it's, it's important to always take a step back and see how it's customized to your own life. So don't just always take everything word for word, but, but check in with yourself and, and make sure you're always thinking. All right, so with that, uh, I thought I would start just with uh, sharing uh, kind of like how how one might start being on their own and uh, for me I was very uh, very lucky in that I came from a family that was very loving and supportive my mom was always around I had a little brother yeah. so for me the first time that I kind of felt uh, a loneliness or isolation or rejection is when you go to school you know, all of a sudden you, uh, I went to an all boys school and uh, you have guys that now don't just go along with what you say. You no longer like your mom is just saying like everything you do is amazing and wonderful. Uh, but now you're surrounded with other kids and some of them are not so excited that you're there or there can be some type of fighting, uh, fighting or uh, just you can do something wrong and then the other kids are like hey hang on now we don't like that and they'll just leave you alone yeah. so that's kind of the the first experience that that's as a as a child you're like hang on now uh, things that you do uh, or how you can think can actually uh, put you uh, on your own and that starts with preparatory school uh, school like Grundschule and then we move into to high school, like Real, uh, gym, uh, gymnasium. And that, that kind of, that thing of being on your own, or like if you have an opinion, people can get on board with your opinion, or they can be like, hang on now, you're full of shit. And you can get abandoned, you can be ostracized, you can uh, do the wrong thing in your peer group, and they don't long, no longer want to spend, to spend time with you. So kind of at high school, I mean, I guess it's also part of us growing up is that we start jostling for 
Like what ideas do we want to stand for? Who do we want to be? And that can come into a lot of conflict with your friends, your peer group, uh, the people in your school and everything like that. And for me, I mean, it was a particularly uh, troubling time. Uh, you can get bullied. You can get sent out of class if you talk back at your teacher. Uh, you can uh, you can find you get uh, picked last for, for, I don't know, a game that you're playing in childhood. So these are all things that... Uh, this is kind of my first experience uh, of isolation. And for me, high school in particular, because it was an all boys school, there was definitely a massive competitiveness. Yeah. And even though we had like, for example, rugby was a very popular sport. And even though it was a team game, it really still felt like for me anyway, it was like a fight of, for example, I, I played scrum half. And if I wanted to be in the A team, I had to, compete against another guy that also wanted to play the same position on me so it was kind of like a like either you're going to be in the a team or not you're going to be in the b team or not and you're fighting against this other guy that's going to take your place and it would be the same with academics so you wanted to be first in the maths class and it was who someone's going to be number one someone's going to be number two so it did feel very competitive and i mean there's definitely healthy competition that yeah. can motivate you and inspire you. But I definitely also felt maybe what you could think of like as the negative side of it is the, the, the failure and the disappointment, which uh, I guess over time you learn how failure and disappointment can help you grow. But it's definitely in the beginning when you're still first being subjected to this, it, it can be kind of hard. So after school, I, I took a gap year and the, uh, went to go work as a teacher and a coach uh, in Oxford. And this was a first opportunity for me to really be isolated from the place that I grew up. So instead of living with my parents and you're always being around the same people at school, now I was on my own. Yes, I was working with some new people that were my age, but I had an opportunity to kind of really start thinking for myself. Yeah. And, I, and I will return to that. Uh, but then after my gap year, I went back to university and university, it seemed like I never had a chance to be on my own. I mean, you with thousands of other people, you working in groups, even like you go to the library, you studying together it, and there's constantly social events and something happening, which is absolutely wonderful. But it's also, it, unless like I really try to plan and isolate to go, I don't know, a hike on my own or go for a run on my own, Almost everything was happening with other people. Then it kind of shifted because I, although I was studying economics and statistics, I actually, I took on, uh, I began playing poker professionally. And this went on for seven years. And professional poker was a very isolating career. And I think you could think of this uh, there's maybe quite a few careers that people could choose where pretty much you're on your own, even though you might have to answer to a boss or have to check in and meetings or something. Yeah. Uh, work could sometimes you just really, it's kind of like you need to do this, you getting the results and there's no one really else uh, that you need to like talk to. So I, I went through the stage of just going from maybe university, being around so many people to choosing a career that was just very isolating. And then in, in a few other places uh, where I found myself being isolated is, I mean, when I, when I moved to a new city, 
you're leaving behind. Like when I when I came to Berlin, I kind of had to start all over, building a social circle, making yeah. new friends, uh, learning a language, and all of these things just are obstacles in the way of just having uh, the connections and the relationships I wanted. And it was very tough for me. And in the, the last area, I'd say that I found myself very isolated was uh, when I had a breakup with a girlfriend. And for me, relationships have always been a source of not just a romantic interest, but it's also, it can be my best friend. You know, it's someone that I would share a lot of experiences with. And so a relationship, if it ended for me, was always quite a very tough period. There would be a lot of self-reflection going on. Uh, so th those would be like the main places that I'd be isolated. Now, I mean, of course, as you're going through life, it changes. Some of this was very involuntary. I had no control over being on my own. And other times there was opportunities for me to kind of choose how I was going to, to work, work through it. Uh, so during this time uh, uh, through my life, there were certain beliefs that I was uh, challenging myself. Um, and I want to name four beliefs. Yeah. So the, the first uh, was at school, I noticed that I had a lot of inward focus. And it, I really felt like the things that I was dealing with was happening to me and no one else. And I think that comes from just maybe with boys not talking to or not having more communication, not talking about your feelings, not talking about your thoughts. But as I grew up, I realized that actually this belief of me having to be on my own and looking into myself, I wasn't, the, the more I was able to connect and uh, find similarities in other people. And you can do that also when you go online, you can have an interest and other people from the, around the world can share this interest with you. But I, I felt like I didn't actually have this aloneness. I wasn't as alone or on my own as I thought I was as a kid. As yeah. a kid, I was like, uh, sometimes I thought I was better than everyone else. So I was condescending, uh, but actually that wasn't the case. And the people, those that, that I was competing against, I mean, they were boys too with their own fears and their concerns and their insecurities. But at the time, it just kind of felt like it was an internal battle. And, and so my belief shifted from realizing that, hang on, are we actually all going through uh, similar issues. I mean, yes, our life is very unique, but actually there's a lot of things that we share. Uh, the next belief uh, that I, I tested is this feeling of independence. Uh, so for me, especially, I felt like I always had to do things on my own. Like I couldn't rely on anybody else. I had to figure it out. I had to make my own money. Uh, don't, uh, don't rely on anybody. And I mean, that was great to a point because it did motivate me and inspire me to accomplish some great things in my life. Yeah. But it also felt me, it left me feeling very alone. Like I couldn't turn to my friends or my family uh, when I was struggling. And this belief shifted over time as well, uh, partly because I did go through a lot of difficulties in my life. I had a trouble at a stage with finances, with poker, I had uh, struggles with relationships ending and really needing support. And I noticed that when I was, I was actually able to rely on support from family and friends and I didn't need to feel like I had to be this 
individual martyr that just had to handle it all himself uh, all the time. And so that was another uh, belief shift. The third one is this idea of competition versus collaboration, which, I mean, at school, I was so pushing the competitiveness uh, that I forgot to see just how incredible it is to be working with others. And as I've cultivated my, my leadership traits, the ability to bring people together and have each other work in a way that you're enhancing your strengths and there's uh, the, the feedback you get is helping you grow as a person. So not only doing it for myself where I'm building on others, uh, like for example, in the coaching community or uh, in sports or that, like if you go to gym, like you can go to gym on your own but how much better is the training with someone else? It's there to push you and spar you and kind of uh, call you out on your bullshit when you not want to put an extra rep in or something like that. And it's the same for nutrition. It's the same for uh, social life. But for me, this belief of feeling that I needed to compete with everyone and instead moving more to this collaborative space is going, hang on now, we all here for the same goal. We, we all wanting to accomplish the same thing. And this could be in business as well, uh, where it's like, hang on, are we, uh, you can speak up if you disagree with the boss. You can speak up uh, when you disagree with your partner because you're wanting the same things. You, you want the best for the business and to maximize profit or to expand or to get that reach uh, for your relationship. You you're wanting both to be happier and, and getting your needs and, and wants uh, met. Yeah. So this, this collaborative change really, uh, really helped me. And then the, the fourth belief that I challenged was uh, this idea of like social time is a waste. And I could think of it as, oh, I saw guys going out on the weekend and drinking all the time. And wow, like how can you have all this time just to be doing nothing and just going and kicking a ball outside or something when you need to be working and reading and researching and working on things? Like the social time is just, it's inhibiting your ability to, to grow as a person. And I was just, uh, just not really seeing the importance of the value of connections and uh, like now when I think of university, for example, like we normally we go to university, we're studying something because we want to get the degree to set us up for the job. Yeah. And I really challenge that idea that it might be, you might get more value from your degree just by learning the names of every person that you ever studied with that was on campus and having enough of a connection that you could message them now and talk to them and it wouldn't be odd or out of the blue. Like there, there's so much value in creating these relationships at school, at varsity. And something that I regret is I didn't do that more than I could. And it's something that, that these days is, is a lot more important to me when I meet someone new is to really listen to them, really learn about them, really understand them. Even if we don't have the same values and we don't maybe agree on the same lifestyle, but there's something to learn there. Uh, so those were major shifts and beliefs that I had. These are like really wonderful um, yeah, mindset shifts you got and also that you just realized them. But, uh, you know, like many, especially like the third belief you had, uh, many struggle to actually, you know, like say things which they have in their head because they're, they're like 
you know, especially as a young man, um, because you have all these security insecurities, right? Especially, mm. you know, like the society pressure and you don't have the knowledge yet that it's okay, you know, like to really say out things which are going on your head. So um, how, like, how did you realize all these things? Like, was it where you were reflecting, you know, like afterwards, like, damn, that's, that was like a huge chance back then, or how did it happen? Good question, Chris. So, so this is probably coming to the key of, of um, the topic today is that I really needed time on my own to, yeah. to reflect on these thoughts and feelings that I had. Uh, I mean, it's, it's sometimes I would get bogged down. Like I, I, could, I could feel sad, for example, and I could distract myself with playing video games or uh, just uh, listening to music or maybe going out and drinking with friends or something. But then I wouldn't really give myself a chance to really work through that sadness. So if I was trying to just always find a coping mechanism or distract with myself, it wasn't really a way of dealing uh, with the emotion. And, and now I, I, I'm recognizing that being able to take a step back and really feel that emotion and then also to interpret it. It's like a, a type of um, interpretive therapy, if you will. Yeah. But you, uh, I know, like I could, for example, like the thing that I could do, I mean, I could go for a walk, I could meditate, I could travel alone. You could take, I could take myself off for a weekend and just go to a place that's very remote. But it really gave me a chance to, take a step back and instead of maybe be me being told how to feel about whatever I'm going through, because everywhere people are very quick to give you advice, to offer advice about, like, I mean, if, if I went through a breakup, they, they start telling you, Oh, you must start doing this or you must go out and date again right away and get over it or something. And actually being able to take a step back and just, sit on your own or just walk on your own without any other distraction it really allows you to process this and like instead of trying to suppress my emotions but just really sitting in my emotions and allowing it to to just see what comes like like for example with sadness from a breakup yeah i realized that the sadness was was there because i loved so much and because there was love there so it was really like I appreciated the sadness a lot more because it told me that I had something really special. I mean, for some people, they, they haven't had an opportunity to love like that. And it's the same for pain when, when there's a loss, when someone that you care about passes away. That pain is only there because it's honoring that connection and that love that you had for the person. Yeah. But if you, if you don't give yourself a chance to kind of step away and really kind of allow yourself to work through that you might just always be feeling the pain part or the loss part and then you're drinking or something to numb it but you're not giving yourself a chance to really sit in that emotion and allow this kind of these epiphanies and uh, the constellation to arise from it yeah yeah that's really beautiful set and and actually it can also resonate um with some of these things especially you know like back then it was yeah five years ago five and a half five and a half years ago when i decide 
when I was deciding, okay, I need to change my social skills, right? I really need to improve my confidence because I really noticed or realized back then if I don't change that, that I'm going to have like big problems uh, in my future life. And I also had to take the decision, you know, like to really cut off my old friendship circle because simply they didn't share these values, you know, they didn't want to change themselves or challenge their, themselves. So I was like for over six months, basically lonely, right? Um, sure, I was like meeting some other like-minded people like really quick, but still they were like, not like my real friends. Um, and it was like really a period of time where I was lonely and I realized many things which I value for life. And also like that, you know, like even though times are harsh, um, that you can do it, right? That you simply, you know, can work on certain life areas and improve them, which mm -hmm. in my belief, 80% outside there, they don't think that, right? They don't believe that, that it's possible to change their lives. They think, oh, I'm, I'm a sad fuck. And that's it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I mean, the change can be, uh, happen quite radically when you work on it absolutely so uh, darren what would you say now like after all these you know beliefs which change um over the over the over the time um where would you balance you know like having a healthy period of time where you are alone and where would you say or where is like the really the, the line where you would say like this is not healthy anymore because You know, like we, like I said in the beginning, because of the whole coronavirus situation, many people are now forced to be more isolated and to be more alone. And even though we didn't have this whole pandemic right now on this planet, there would be still people, you know, who are only, you know, at home playing video games, are on the internet, you know which can also lead to very dangerous things, right? Because then, I don't know, like they can, this could lead that they are in contact with other weird people. And um, then, you know, they are even like doing bad things on their own, you know, or even harming other people, if you know what I mean. For example, um, there was like a case one and a half years ago, actually it was in, Berlin, in Germany, not in Berlin, um, there was a guy, you know, he was like very paranoid um, and he was, was really, really isolated and he believed like a many, you know, like conspiracy theory, theories and um, then he took a gun and he was like going to, you know, different places and shot people and then he shot himself up and later on the police found out that this guy was really, really isolated, you know, like alone and so on. So, yeah, where's the line? Yeah, I mean, the, the danger is that, uh, I mean, when, when you're spending time with uh, alone, you're spending time alone also in silence. And I, what I suspect, I mean, uh, of course, uh, it, I mean, in, in, that, in that exact example, there's, there's probably uh, some uh, mental instability there coupled with conspiracies of reading stuff on the internet. Yeah. that's fueling it and i mean that's that's a danger and definitely i mean on this point also want to clarify as an exception is that 
if you're really feeling desperate and vulnerable to an extent that that maybe you you're thinking of uh, putting your life in danger uh, or, or harming others to a radical degree that that's not a time to be isolating yourself that's where you definitely want to seek support community uh, get in reach with the counselor so this is definitely a caveat and, and something to be mindful of uh, if you if you feel like you're sinking into depression definitely reach out uh, with others and 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 speak to someone uh, don't just try try do it on your own yeah now now having said that uh, oh and you also asked about like the where's the balance the thing is is like we don't want to be living our life like without any control so it would be if 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 this covid restrictions was now the only time in your life where you now isolated and on your own i'm wondering like there's likely was an imbalance and it's the same in in relationships if if you're constantly like a serial monogamist going from one relationship to another and the moment that you don't have someone by your side you get extremely anxious and you're immediately searching for the next person that's signaling an imbalance like you can have a relationship and still have a healthy type of independence you still have time to yourself yeah and we we can definitely get uh, wrapped up in that and in fact on that note i just wanted to maybe clarify on some of uh some of my epiphanies and reasons why i would seek time on your own and and you did mention this uh, already but uh, it's something that i i felt really important is that you're ready to get a sense of clarity you get a sense of what your needs and wants really are i mean we get bombarded these days about how you meant to look how you meant to behave how what does success look like uh, and I mean, when I was growing up, it's like your expectations of your parents and then it's your peer group and everything. Uh, and being on your own without the internet telling you how to look or social media, uh, without everyone else pushing you for what they think you, your life should be like, you get a sense of clarity when you just sit on your own for many hours or many days and you just see like what is really important to me. And yeah. for example, I noticed that uh, I was really pushed to be in corporate and to make a lot of money. And yet, if I sat on my own, the most important thing that came up to me was connections and, and being with other people. And that was very different. And so I had to reevaluate, okay, I still wanted to make a lot of money and be wealthy and have that financial security. But how can I go about it in a way that I'm not pursuing money? I'm pursuing uh what I value the most, which is more a uh, connection. And then I can kind of build off that. So now like the work that I do is more in um, managerial or development or coaching space where I'm working with other people and my decisions and work directly impacts and grows the business and directly impacts and grows the other person. It's yeah. a lot more meaningful to me than just uh, outright pursuing money. Yeah. And okay, so in that case, imagine now there's someone, you know, like uh, listening right now, and he or she wants to, you know, like take some time off, do the step back, you know, to reflect and, um, you know, like to really look at what lesson this breakup or this one situation is giving to that person. Do you have 
any practical things because i mean it sounds like practical steps because it sounds easy of course you know but maybe someone who is in that situation is so overwhelmed because of all these emotions emotions which are happening um what would be your practical advice what this person could do you know like to make the best of the time where this person is alone so i mean that the two easiest ones uh, would be a meditation or walking without distraction and it could walking could even be a type of meditation uh, i mean it, it's cited so often uh, and yet when i speak to some people today and i do mention that i meditate every day so for some they say oh no i can't do that that would be ridiculous how can you just uh, like no i think way too much to meditate or the idea of meditation is a bit is misunderstood they might yeah. think it's uh, linked to a type of religion like oh does that mean you're buddhist or uh and but actually really you, you don't call it anything i would just say it, it, sitting you can sit or you can walk you can sit on your own and just see what comes up and observe your your thoughts observe your emotions and just try to be able to like take a step back and observe what comes up without any judgment uh, or take a walk. And that is not you know, now needing to grab your phone or like leave your phone at home. You don't need to listen to music, walk slowly and just take in the world around you. And I, I guess with that, you, you're practicing a type of presence. You're being present with yourself and you're being present with the world, world around you without kind of been subjected to uh, a lot of the distraction and sort of information overload if you will yeah uh, the a few more things like having done this uh, myself i did want to touch on uh this idea of independence and i mean i it really seemed to me that from school and from being in a family environment having some independence and i i also have seen it from uh, some of uh, my clients that i've worked with is that they feel really uh, pressured by their family and they feel like they don't have a space for themselves and so it it might really be that you need to find maybe you need to take a job that just pays enough for you to cover expenses but be able to move out of that environment it doesn't have to be forever Yeah, but just to give yourself some space to again be able to take a step back, check what's important with yourself, and not be getting bombarded by other people's uh, insecurities or problems or concerns or anxieties, because those really are their responsibility. And if you're taking, if you're always constantly having to take responsibility for other people's problems, then you don't give yourself a chance to really work on yourself. Uh, and I see that also in relationships. So having some time to yourself when you're in a relationship can really enhance it. Uh, this is something that an idea from Esther Perel, and that is in a relationship, having some space, having some time for yourself can actually create a lot of desire. It gives you a chance to uh, look at your partner from afar and to give yourself a chance to remind yourself why they're attractive to you. And when you always really up in each other's faces all the time, yes, that's the place for intensity and, intimacy and all of that uh, but being able to be on your own it can also give you some appreciation uh, for when you spend time with the, your, your intimate one and then uh, it helps you to maintain your boundaries 
because with all the overlap of spending time together and doing everything together, sometimes your boundaries can get a bit uh, muddled. And also when you step back, a step back, you check in if your needs and wants are being met. Sometimes the life can get so busy, whether it's in personal life or business life, but maybe what you're doing at the moment isn't actually meeting uh, your needs. Yeah. And, you, and you can get so bogged down with work. You can get so wrapped up in your relationships and on the other person that you can forget, uh, like, is this really serving me? Uh, is, is how my lifestyle really what I want? And you really don't get that clarity unless you really take some time off or just be on your own for an hour and just check in with, with what's going on. Now, having said that, being on my own, I really do nurture or cultivate this appreciation for when I do spend time with other people. So now my interactions with my friends or if you're on a date or with your girlfriend, it, I really like the phone was put away. I'm really listening to the other person. I really feel, wow, this is such a wonderful time because yeah. I know when I'm on my own, it sucks sometimes. It's not, uh, it's not always a lot of fun. It's, it can be very boring. It can be, I mean, it can be uh, great to reflect, but I can also yeah. be sitting and going, wow, I'd really love just to be walking with someone I loved or, or uh, just lying with someone and, and looking into their eyes or, or having uh, or laughing with friends and just that real appreciation for when you are with other people and that that's that's something that if you on your own but you're just on your phone all the time or you just distracting with i don't know playing a computer game or something but if you're always distracting i think you forget you you might you might feel like you're connecting with other people when you're scrolling through social media and you're replying to texts or something but it's not, it's not the same as really being there with the other person, really listening, really holding that space uh, with the other person. And so that's something that, that really, it's, that's appreciation and gratitude that I have. Uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I really like what you say, right? I mean, like this whole topic, which we are speaking here today, um, it's really, really interesting, you know, like, people it doesn't matter like especially my age you know like in the young 20s um maybe when they're still teenagers or mid-20s even you know they think like oh when i spend time with myself that's so weird right because you know society tells you a whole different story i mean um when i'm telling people for example like hey i sometimes enjoy when i go to a restaurant you know and like to just have a meal with myself I, I know there are people who tell me like, oh, how can you do that? Um, I could never, ever go to a restaurant alone and eat my meal alone because that would be appear so weird to people. But as, like, or, or, said, going, or going to a club. Yeah, or going to a club alone. Imagine right? you go to a club on your own. Like for some people, I don't think they've ever done that. It yeah. would be insane. It would be like, how on earth would you go <laughs> on your own somewhere? Uh, or You'd also be so judged alone. where oh. you yeah <laughs> yeah also traveling alone i mean it's traveling just, alone yeah yeah i mean there are people outside there who are like 30 years old they never traveled alone and i know or what i remember and i was 18 
I was traveling alone, you know, I was, we remember there was like this one situation, it was summer holidays that were still going to high school. And I wanted to go to uh, Czech Republic, you know, like to Prague uh, for a weekend. And it was actually planned with someone else, but then he flaked. He was telling me, hey, sorry, I can't do it. And he was telling me, obviously, three days before our whole plan was uh, for the weekend was there. And I had like two decisions now, like either I say like, okay, I will wait until he has time again, or I will, or I have the decision of like, hey, fuck it, I will do it anyways. And I was obviously taking the second decision and I was going there alone. And I was really, really amazing because, you know, when you go alone, when you travel alone, you have also there two options, what's going to happen. If you don't talk to anyone, um, if you, yeah, are only with yourself, fun, you know, is going to be like very, very unlikely. There's going unlikely to have, you will unlikely have a good time there. Um, but if you talk to people, right, because you are forced basically because you are alone in a different country, um, many crazy things are going to happen. And afterwards, you know, you will, it will also feel easier than to talk to other people, you know, because you know, like, hey, that's a very natural thing. And also like to make new contacts, to, you know, like build the relationships, you know, when you travel alone to a different country, because you never know, maybe you are again in this other country or that person you met in, in Prague, for example, he or she is going to Berlin where mm -hmm. you live and then you're meeting up again. And as you said, Darren, you know, you never know what this connection can lead to in the future. So why yeah, do you... And, uh, it's, uh, just to... Uh, one of the things... Uh, I mean, sometimes we really do need to be on our own because you don't even know that you can be okay. Like you... Like learning that you can be completely independent, that you could have your own apartment on your own, supporting yourself, that gives you a real strength. You're like, wow, I can actually look after myself. I don't yeah. need to be under the wing of my family. Or I don't need to be in a relationship to validate who I am. It's uh, it's extremely powerful. That's I hear this a lot from uh, girlfriends, uh, female friends that. They, they were so surprised that they, wow, they could actually, they don't have to be in a relationship that they can, they can be on their own. And, and sometimes it's scary at first, but they get the sense of, of self and, and strength. I, I did want to also touch on uh, maybe for those wondering, oh, is this something for them? Uh, what what might be a signal that perhaps you need to kind of take some more time on your own. And the first one is just extreme digital media use. And I think we're all guilty of this at some stage. But if you just find yourself like constantly on your phone, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, this is something where, I mean, there's a book that I also recommend um, is like digital minimalism. But the, the key the key point of the book is just making sure you organize your life that you're just not constantly attached to your devices. You're not a slave to your computer and your phone and everything else. The next one is uh, the sense of hustling 
And I mean, definitely when we're younger, we get pushed. I mean, you got their grind, execute uh, on your uh, hustle. There we are, hustle, grind, execute. And it can be extremely uh, valuable to, to motivate you and inspire you. But if you find up that you're showing, if you're waking up in the morning exhausted and fatigued, you don't have any energy and you, it feels like your everyday experience of your hustle is leaving you feeling shitty about yourself, that also means that you need to kind of take a step back and check in because maybe, maybe it's not like your goal. Your goal is fine, but the system you created is not working for you. And it's something that happens a lot in business is that a lot of the times you've got the right people, you've got the right goal, but the system or the processes are uh, not working. And that's what's causing the problems. It's not that the employee is bad. It's that you've created a system where they will be making mistakes constantly because you haven't set up the right way for them to communicate or the right channel for them to, to have the right way to, to sort out the problems. Yeah. Uh, the other is just if you're around other people and you're constantly anxious, you may need to uh, spend time on your own to, to kind of just figure out like what's really going on there. And it's uh, like... It's, it's kind of a thing of you're with other people and it seems like you're not being your authentic self. You're putting up walls or you, you're worried if you say something, you're going to get judged. Uh, but when you're on your own, you hate being alone. you in your head. You're critical. Uh, it's kind of like you, you, can't, you can't settle in one place or another. You're constantly running from the social to being on your own. And that's where, again, you, you're left like being really spending time on your own, uh, but not trying to distract yourself. And you can check in like, what is actually going on? Like, why, why might people be so scary? And you, to answer these questions, you need a space away from everyone and, and also an objectivity to your own thoughts and your feelings. And then the last one would be if uh, like overthinking so if rumination is causing you distress uh, excessive thinking uh, this the aloneness it might seem like this is the place where it happens the most when you're on your own so then it's like practicing being alone in a space that where you're being objective with your thoughts and your feelings and this is again comes back to meditation yeah so i think just having a, a solid uh, meditation routine so it's a uh, I mean, I love to overthink. I love to be constantly solving problems. But I noticed that it might be great for when I was working out how to figure out uh, my opponent in poker or resolving something like going through a business strategy. But around people, me overthinking and like, what, what does the person think of me or what should I say next? Instead of just being able to be present, uh, th this is something where if I can practice not having to, if I'm on my own and I can practice uh, just letting go and allowing my mind to settle, then it allows me to go into my interactions from a place of presence and being more settled and relaxed. And that does require, again, being on your own and working through that. Absolutely. I mean, I catch it myself, you know, sometimes, um, you know, like, actually this is happening like after months you know when i'm really working hard on my business goals or also like on other area areas in my life 
that you know like at some point i also feel like this inner stress you know that i know okay i really need to take like a day off and that's what exactly you mentioned right that then what i love to do is uh, to go to a forest here in berlin right to, to the grunewald it's like a big forest you have to imagine i just go there um because there it's like really really quiet you know like very very you're really in touch with nature and you also have to realize that most of the time of course not always people who are more intelligent meaning people who went to university you know people who are you know very intelligent people um that they tend to overthink more in general and this is actually you know like keeping them from taking action or to be more in the present moment because they are so intelligent you know people who have a lower iq they tend to be like more in the moment and to do you know things which they need to do because you know they don't have like this big brain to overthink so many you know possibilities in life because i know you, people who are listening right now uh, as uh, the the classic business example like you know you know there is someone where you think like damn this person is actually dumb as fuck but still that person is like doing good money having a good business why because they're not so overthinking too much um versus like intelligent people tend to really think about like oh what could happen and so on and so on um which i want to add on here which is also like really important in my opinion and also really really helpful as a practical step is like when you feel like when you are in a moment or in a phase right now in life where you are alone where you need to be alone for a certain time to reflect to refresh as well is uh to have a notebook and to write your thoughts down because you know especially we men like Darren was mentioning here, we tend, you know, like to not talk to anyone about our emotions, only with our own, ourself. Um, and in a, in, a, in a period of time where you are alone, maybe you don't have people around you where you can openly talk about your thoughts, about your problems, which is sometimes also like, okay, right? You don't have to talk to anyone, uh, to everybody, you know, about all, all your thoughts and concerns and whatever. Um, but if you write that down on a paper blank, like on a notebook, um, where you write your things, your thoughts down, this is actually helping you a lot to really express your emotions. And also the beautiful side effect of that is like, you know, after years, when you look back or when you find this book notebook again in your shelf where the, the dust is on the, on the book already because you never, because you didn't touch it anymore, um, and when you read again how your thoughts, how your situation was back then, which we oftentimes also tend to forget, um, you appreciate more how far you have become, right? All the struggles you overcome, um, that you're really more mature and, you know, more ready to take the next challenge. Absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of my weaknesses, but I'm incredibly impatient and and having been able to look back like i i mean i was organizing my uh desk and because uh, i moved into a new apartment and there's some stuff that i needed to get rid of but i'll find pieces of paper where i've written down my goals or written down an action plan and i see wow like actually 
I had worked through this. I, I had got it. And then if I find a note to myself that I'd written like an affirmation or a, just something that was on my mind and, and I read it and like, wow, I, I, this was something that, that caused me a lot of distress or a lot of uh, trouble. And, and now it seems like I got so much clarity on it and I was able to work through it. So journaling is, is uh, uh, wonderful. I think I've got three journal books sitting somewhere. I think it's on my, on my other table here uh, over the years. And yeah, just don't throw them away. Hang on yeah. to them. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also don't overthink here, right? Like, oh, how should I write now on my notebook? No, fuck it. Just write it like the date, you know? So in the future, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, which day it was. And then write everything down what is going on in your head. Maybe you can, you know, like write down how this relationship with this one person was or how you overcome this one challenge or why you know your goal wasn't reached and how you feel about that and the circumstances and so on and then later on of course um, when the emotional part is over when you're becoming more rational about the situation you can really see like hey um, that this is the learning from that actually and that's th- this is something which i can implement in the future relationship future goal future whatever which is helping you by the way tremendously mm. so um yeah yeah right writing is fantastic there there they you could write uh, a letter to yourself about how you if uh, how you would coach yourself if you will if you're waking up in the morning if there's a letter that you'd that you'd write on on how you'd want to approach your day or if there's someone that caused you a lot of grief you could write a letter to this person like you could write a letter to your mother or a letter to your father or a letter to your ex and just see what would come up what what would you say if you had that opportunity uh, and just creating a space for yourself to sit down and, and write i mean that's uh, there's a lot of uh, nurturing and healing that can happen uh, in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much, Darren. Um, are I, there any yeah. yeah key points you want to mention here? Well, I, I wanted to. Uh, this is I wanted to uh, mention. It's a a short reading. It's an excerpt from uh, David White. He yeah. He, um, it's a it's part of a guided meditation on on Sam Harris's uh, app, Waking Up. But David White, I think he originally wrote these for a newspaper or magazine article. But I just wanted to uh, read uh, just a minute. Uh, So it's part of a longer thing of like about eight eight or nine minutes, but I will give the resources. So this is uh, an excerpt from David White. Uh, The subject is Alone. The first step in spending time alone is to admit how afraid of it we are. Being alone is a difficult discipline, a beautiful and difficult sense of being, solitary, is always the ground from which we step into a new and contemplative intimacy with the unknown. But the first portal of aloneness is often experienced as a gateway to alienation grief, and abandonment. To find ourselves alone or to be left alone is an ever-present, fearful, and abiding human potentiality of which we are often unconsciously and deeply afraid. 
To be alone for any length of time is to shed an outer skin. The body is inhabited in a different way when we are alone than when, when we are with others. Alone, we live in our bodies as a question rather than a statement. To inhabit silence in our aloneness is to stop telling the story altogether. So that was from David White, Alone. And, and on that note, as like a, a final thought, I want to encourage everyone listening is uh, to spend some time alone, to check uh, with what stories you're telling yourself. There are these constant uh, ruminations in your head uh, when you're on your own. They might not, uh, they may no longer be serving your relationships. And these relationships are with others, with your family, with your friends, and maybe most importantly is this relationship you have with yourself. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. And uh, truly, Darren, I appreciate that because um, like I was already mentioning, you know, like normally I'm talking about more, you know, like, hey, the practical st steps, you know, about how to talk to new people, how to meet like-minded people. But this is something which is, especially in times like these, which we are having right now, and we're talking in 2021, um, where the corona pandemic is happening all over the world, a really important note. And um, yeah, many people are underestimating that. So thank you so much uh, for, for this topic, Darren. I appreciate that. Pleasure, Chris. Always, I'm always glad to chat with you. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, how can the people find you, by the way? Uh, I think we'll just leave our contact details in the video description. Uh, I have my website, uh, darrenchandler.com. Uh, so just my name, and there's also probably Instagram. You can reach out to me as a DM. Uh, my, I will put my alias on, on there as well. Perfect. Yeah. As you said, everything is linked in the description. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode, people. So if you like this podcast episode, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review or send me or Darren a personal message about your thoughts, about your feelings about this podcast. And yeah, see you soon again. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast episode, then I please you to go on Apple Podcast and leave a review, okay? Otherwise, if you want to learn how you can systematically meet new positive people for your life, then go now on www.chris-lance.com. I repeat, chris-lance.com, where you can book your free consultation call, where we will see if and how I can help you to bring your social life to the next level. Thank you so much and see you the next time.